This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bex. What is up, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Rams Showcase. Nice and smooth, like... We don't exactly have a lot of news to get into tonight because uh, I, I don't. There's just not really any news unless you consider transactions news. Then we have a whole bunch of news to get into with you. Uh, the the Rams roster changing. Uh, I don't want to say dramatically, but they are making moves, and I don't know if that's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. But the Rams are sitting at two and zero right now. Uh, so we'll talk about those. Of course, we are going to get into this Chargers at Rams game, the first official battle of Los Angeles. This is actually the first time ever the Los Angeles Rams have ever played against the Los Angeles Chargers. Of course, the Chargers in their original time in Los Angeles was were only there for one year, so it wasn't a whole big deal. But they did start in Los Angeles. So officially, they were Los Angeles for their first year of existence. And now we get to play against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, what's kind of unfortunate about this game is kind of just a side note that I'll get into before I go into these transactions. Uh, this is actually, of course, the final time that these teams will play outside of the new stadium that's being built. But that also means that because the Chargers are playing the Rams at the Coliseum, which is awesome, the Coliseum's an, uh, an awesome historical venue, but that means that in that game, the first time we play the Chargers... In that new stadium, the Chargers are going to be the home team. And I don't know if that hurts your guys' souls as much as it hurts mine, but I don't know. There's just something about that I'm not overly stoked on. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about these transactions, though. We'll kind of try to go in order. Uh, you guys might notice that some of these are not in order. Uh, that's because this list was being updated all week, starting from Monday and it's been pretty much chaos to try to keep up with. I'll be completely honest. Of course, it's not overwhelming, but there are a lot of moves to talk about. So let's talk about the first one here. Wide receiver Mike Thomas has been moved to IR. So it's not looking good for Thomas. I'm not sure if he's going to be eligible to return, but of course you can only bring two players back from IR per year. And if the Rams could get Farrell Cooper back, I would say that Mike Thomas's chances go a little slimmer, especially considering if somebody else has to go on IR anytime soon. Because, of course, you know, Farrell Cooper, if he does come back, he'd probably be 12 or 13 or something. But Mike Thomas, not really confident in the... I wasn't too concerned about the extent of his injury, but the Rams adding him to IR kind of just tells me, just shut it down and let's move on to the next guy. Well, the Rams also did cut quarterback Luis Perez and tight end Tameric Hemingway from the practice squad. I know a lot of fans really like Luis Perez. A uh, big part of it is his story. Incredible story. Incredible kid. But, I mean, when he came into the preseason, of course it was the only the, the final half of the final preseason game. But he just didn't look like anything special to me. He didn't, he didn't even show flashes of something that he could become. So I'm not overly disappointed in this move, personally. But I will say that I know that a lot of fans are big fans of this guy, and, and, I, and I'm hoping he lands on his feet. I'm hoping he can do something, but 
but I'm not overly upset that he's not on the Rams anymore. And mainly that's not just a shot at, at Perez here. Mainly that's just because we really don't need him. If, if Jared Goff stays healthy, then none of the backup quarterbacks even matter. So it's all good. And tied into Mayor Hemingway, I am definitely not upset to see Hemingway off this roster in any capacity, including practice squad. I'm pretty sure his hands are made out of bricks. That's look, That looks like what he's catching with is brick hands. Rams did sign kicker Sam Ficken with Greg Zerline expected to be out a few weeks per Sean McVay. So Sam Ficken will be kicking. That is back. We I don't know if you guys remember last year I did the whole kicking with Ficken little deal and uh, that was pretty fun. So now, of course, Sam Ficken in his first game as a Ram last year, he did miss his first extra point, did miss his first field goal, did not miss since and did not miss in preseason. So I think Sam Ficken is a is a strong kicker. I, I think it maybe just nerves kind of got to him in that first game, but I, I'm totally confident with this move. I, I'm, he doesn't have the leg like like Zerline does, but Zerline also, I mean, he's pretty hit or miss. He's either deadly accurate with an insane leg and he just can dominate anybody or he's missing easy ones. So uh, that's not a shot at, at, at Zerline. He's an awesome kicker and almost he could have been he could have set the record for most points scored in a single season last year if he didn't get hurt. But basically what I'm saying is I am not overly concerned with the fact that the Rams had to bring in Sam Ficken uh, to do the kicking job. So there's that part. Also, for you fantasy players out there, I don't know if you guys are interested. Maybe Ficken would be a good pickup. I feel like he's going to kind of fly under the radar a little bit. I picked him up in my league. My two girlies, one cup team now has Sam Ficken on it. Uh, next up for the transactions here, the Rams did waive quarterback Brandon Allen. He did clear waivers today, and the Rams have added him to the practice squad. He is now the 10th player on that practice squad. The Rams did activate right guard Jamon Brown from the exempt list, so Jamon Brown will be ready to go. And the only thing we're waiting on now is to hear if Jamon Brown gets his job back or if that's Austin Blythe's job for the foreseeable future. We'll have to kind of wait and see. I did mention this uh, last week that I thought that Austin Blythe was doing a good enough job to maybe not let Jamon Brown come in and start. I mean, you have to go with the hot hand, especially when the player that's not in and is being replaced is being replaced due to suspension and not injury. I kind of have different feelings based on what situation is causing this player to be out. Uh, but I also did mention last week that I wouldn't be super upset to see Jamon Brown come back and Austin Blythe take over for John Sullivan. And John Sullivan's not doing a bad job, per se, but on this line in the first two weeks, I would say that John Sullivan is the weak spot. The Rams did waive safety Isaiah Johnson, and it's becoming difficult to decide whether Isaiah Johnson is on this Rams roster or not. Right now, he is officially not on the Rams roster. We'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll be back at some point. The Rams did sign tackle Daryl Williams Jr. to the practice squad, uh, not to be confused with Darrell Williams, and I'm not sure even if this guy's name is pronounced Darrell. I'm going to go ahead and say Daryl. He has been added to the practice squad most recently with the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams, though, this is a this is a cool move, and I'm, I'm hearing some pretty positive feedback from the fans on this one. The Rams signed wide receiver Daryl Hodge from the practice squad, so that means he's on the active roster now. He is part of the 53, which I think is really cool. Uh, but also mildly confusing, considering the Rams really aren't using more than three receivers. Josh Reynolds is a guy that that we all kind of pegged as a guy who could break out. 
He's done nothing so far because it's Woods, uh, Cooks, and Cup. Those are the three guys that are getting the football. So Hodge coming in is awesome, and I'm really happy for him because he did a really good job in preseason in his pretty limited time. Uh, I mean, limited. He played a lot in preseason uh, for preseason games, but you know, two catch games and stuff like that. I would I would say is pretty limited. So that is it. Your those are your transactions. I'm sure there's going to be more if you guys do want to keep up to date with all the latest Los Angeles Rams transactions, and I know you do, make sure you guys follow the Rams Showcase on Facebook and Twitter. Those are going to be your most reliable sources from from Rams Showcase. Uh, Instagram is a a little bit more spotty because it it takes a while to make pictures, but I do love doing those. So when I do have time uh, away from school and work, I do like to do some images. But if you guys are interested in keeping up uh, with all the latest news, uh, then make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase Facebook page. I'm very active on Facebook in, in every capacity. I'm there all the time. I'll probably check it during the break. That's kind of how I'm, I'm one of those crazy Facebook people. I'm always on there. So that's a good way to uh, stay up to date. If the second I hear about news, the first thing I do is post it to the Ram Showcase Facebook page, which then automatically tweets it. So it's kind of like a twofer. Let's go ahead and take a look at this Los Angeles Chargers at Los Angeles Rams game. The Chargers do sit at 1-1, one and one, losing in Week 1 to the Kansas City Chiefs, who kind of shocked everybody. We didn't know how Mahomes was going to do. Turns out he started really strong, uh, sent the Chargers home with a loss there, but the Chargers did bounce back with a win against the Bills. As far as the Rams, oh man, the Rams sitting at 2-0, and oh, and their last six quarters, I don't know if you guys know this, their last six quarters are absolutely insane. 194 yards given up in the last six quarters that goes back to the Raiders game and have outscored their opponents 57 to zero. So pretty awesome stuff right there. The Rams are absolutely dominating right now and it's, it's fun. And I know we're probably going to have some of those games this year where we're not playing as awesome as we should, but I, I, I'm doing it now. Like I, we talked all offseason about how exciting this Rams team could be. And now that it's happening, now we can kind of celebrate a little bit, uh, depending on how you feel about celebrating for 2-0. and I feel really good about celebrating for 2-0. and The Rams haven't been 2-0 and since 2001, but I have been told by many fans, take it one game at a time. Don't overlook anybody, which is not really what I'm doing. I'm, I'm also, I, I do the one game at a time because I have to do my, my show prep. So I, I focus on one game at a time. I'm not going to prep for the Vikings right now. But also, I don't have to prepare the team. So I feel like I can look at whatever game I want to. But hey, do your thing. I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. I'm just saying I like to uh, to get excited when my team does really well. And especially for most of us Rams fans, we've sat through so many terrible seasons. That I feel like we've earned this. We've earned the right to be just a little, a little more cocky than usual. All right. This game does kick off at 1.05 p.m. Los Angeles time. We'll be on CBS. If you guys are interested in seeing if you guys will be able to catch the game on CBS in your local market, make sure you guys check out the Ram Showcase Facebook page. I did share the distribution map. Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts will be on the call. Fouts is a little interesting to me. You go with the former Charger for this game. Interesting. The Rams are favored in this game by seven. Let's take a look at the matchup. So this is... Oh, okay. The Chargers might be one and one. But they actually look pretty strong, especially on paper. So this is the Rams offense versus the Chargers defense. The Rams offense is currently ranked 7th, while the Chargers defense ranks ninth, 7-9. Had Fisher flashbacks right now, one down. 
Uh, passing the football, the Rams rank 10th while the Chargers are ranking 13th. The Chargers do have a pretty strong secondary. Running the ball, the Rams are 13th while the Chargers D is 13th. So should be a pretty decent battle there. Uh, the, the Chargers, again, do have some some pretty solid defensive linemen. I don't think that their defensive linemen are as good as the Rams' offensive linemen, though. We'll talk about that here in a second. Jared Goff will be passing against Jaleel Adai, Derwin James, Trevor Williams, and Casey Hayward. Those are the starters in the secondary for the Chargers, Jaleel Adai and Derwin James being the safeties. Derwin James, actually looking like a really strong player, is just a rookie. Todd Gurley will be going against the linebackers, uh, Kazir White, Denzel Perryman, and uh, Kylie Manuel. So Perryman, obviously that's a name that that a lot of football fans know. Uh, Perryman does a very good job out there uh, for the Chargers. The offensive line. So Rams offensive line, we know who those guys are. That's why I'm not going too in-depth onto, onto who are on the Rams team. Because especially if, if you're anything even close to me, then you know this roster front to back, up and down, side to side. You can tell me a number. I'll tell you the player. I'll tell you where he went to school. I'll tell you what he's done this season, what he's looked like. So well, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but Rams offensive line versus uh, Isaac Rochelle, who is in for Joey Bosa, who will not be playing in this game on Sunday, uh, Darius Phelan and Brandon Mebane and Melvin Ingram III. Melvin Ingram, of course, extremely talented player, uh, but they probably will be switching sides. Uh, and I do anticipate Melvin Ingram kind of being more so on the side of Rob Havenstein and not testing Andrew Whitworth on that other side. Let's take a look at the Chargers offense versus the Rams defense. The Chargers offense ranks third in the NFL right now, but the Rams defense also ranks third. So decent battle there. Uh, but also keep in mind that this is probably, I, I will say it's not probably, it is the best offense that the Rams will have seen so far this year. Passing the football, the Chargers rank third where the Rams are ranking sixth and running the football Chargers tied for 11th Rams rank fifth against the run. So, all good uh, as far as the Rams rankings go on defense. But of course, we talked about those numbers. Only 90 passing yards given up to Sam Bradford. So, I mean, you're going to look pretty good when you only give up 90 passing yards. The Rams secondary will be going against Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams. Mike Williams, a very young guy and extremely talented. We know what Keenan Allen can do. Tyrell Williams also looking pretty good. Phillip Rivers puts up quietly some of the better numbers every single year uh, if you kind of pay attention to just numbers, but you're not going to hear them always in the conversation. You're not going to hear them in the GOAT conversation. You're not going to hear them in in MVP conversation, but he just quietly does his job really well every single year. The Rams linebackers will be going against Melvin Gordon III and Austin Eckler. It's kind of an interesting stat here that Melvin Gordon, uh, the Chargers running back, is actually the Chargers leading receiver right now, and Austin Eckler as a running back, backup running back, is also up there. Uh, Austin Eckler is, uh, if I do have to uh, to confess here, one of the guys I kind of root for in the NFL just because he is from this beautiful state of Colorado that I've heard about, and it's pretty nice. You guys should check it out sometime. Rams defensive line will be going against Russell Okung, Dan Feeney, Mike Pouncey, Michael Schofield III, and Joe Barksdale. Joe Barksdale is, of course, the former Los Angeles Ram at right tackle, or actually St. Louis Ram, if you guys want to get technical on me. Uh, but Joe Barksdale did used to play for the Rams and is the only former Ram on this Chargers team. Some game notes for you. The first official battle of Los Angeles, and we've kind of talked about this one a little bit, 
But I know, I know those fans in Los Angeles are going to get absolutely insane for this one. I'm excited to see the crowd mix in this one. Of course, you know, the Chargers aren't necessarily blowing up the uh, the Stub Hub Center or whatever they're playing in, the little little soccer field that they're playing at. But I do think that this is one of those games that a lot of Chargers fans will try to go to and try to get to. I think the attendance will be pretty strong for this game. This is the last time these teams will meet outside of the new stadium. First matchup between these two teams in the new stadium will be a road game for the Rams, which is just disappointing. I'll be honest, (laughs) it's disappointing. But by this time, the Rams will have new uniforms, so maybe it'll be cool looking at least. Uh, Joey Bosa not expected to play. He is not in this game. He is officially listed as out. Uh, and also, Mark Barron is unlikely to participate in this game, according to head coach Sean McVay. Jamon Brown not guaranteed a starting role back from Blythe. That is something that I talked about last week. Uh, and of course, I do have fan quesos on this. I have a lot of fan quesos this week, so so make sure you guys tune into those ones. But uh, Jamon Brown, he... I would say that he was the Rams' weak spot on the offensive line last year. Not that he played poorly, was just the weak spot. And now with Blythe coming in and playing so strong, I think Jamon Jamon Brown might have to wait a few weeks. And in if a few weeks might turn into the rest of the season, we don't know. But I've been a Blythe supporter uh, for a while now, and not only because his last name is the same as one of my favorite metal vocalists. But just because he's an awesome player, he does his job really well. I had mentioned it last year that that when John Sullivan went out and Blythe had to come in for him, the offensive line didn't skip a beat, and he was doing doing as good a job, if not slightly better, than John Sullivan even last year. And the only former Ram on this Chargers team is Joe Barksdale. The history of this series, the Rams do lead the all-time series 6-5. and five. The most recent game was November 23rd of 2014. The Chargers did win that game. 27 to 24 that was a uh, a heartbreaker to be completely honest that was a that was a total bummer uh, that one was if you guys remember sean hill threw an interception in the end zone basically at the end of the game uh, to end the rams chances could have kicked a field goal and tied it but but sean hill he had other plans he wanted to throw it to a chargers player and get out of there he didn't want to go to overtime uh, the first game between these two teams was october 4th 1970 the rams did win that game 37 to 10 the longest streak in you know, for each team in this series. I don't even know if you can call this a streak. Each team had their longest streak was just winning two games. The Chargers uh, did win in 1979 and 1988, and the Rams did win in 2000 and 2002. So that Rams team was pretty good. Uh, points against each other. I found this stat really interesting. So head-to-head Rams versus Chargers, each team has scored 290 points against each other. So that tie will be broken on Sunday. Of course, somebody's got to come away a winner. Unless there's a third tie in a row, third week, third week, third tie. Oh man, I would be so upset. I hate ties. I don't know. Uh, the the last, last time the Rams tied was against the 49ers. That one hurt, but at least we played them like three weeks later. And then we beat them with what, 24 seconds left on the clock. So it almost went to, went as a tie again. Took us 10 full quarters to beat that team once. Oh, that was intense. Uh, hopefully the series, the all-time series is not tied up though, as the Rams do lead six to five, as I mentioned before. And this is the first time ever the Rams will play against the Los Angeles Chargers. Of course, the time that the Chargers were in Los Angeles, the Rams were in Los Angeles too, but they did not play that year. 
Uh, last matchup was four years ago. That's a long time in football time. The Rams' leaders in that game were Sean Hill, who went 18 of 35, 198 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. The Rams' leading rusher on the day was Trey Mason, 16 carries for 62 yards, receiving Stedman Bailey, seven catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Leading tacklers on the day, we had Alec Ogletree with eight, James Laurinaitis with six, and TJ McDonald with six as well. The Chargers' leaders, uh, a few familiar names here. We have Phillip Rivers went 29 of 35 for 291, one touchdown and one interception. Running the ball, Ryan Matthews carried the ball 12 times for 105 yards. Ryan Matthews, what a story of that kid. He had so much potential and just never really, really came into that. Uh, leading receiver on the day was Keenan Allen had six catches for 104 yards and one touchdown, and Eddie Royal had six catches for 50 yards, and the leading tackler on the Chargers that day was safety Eric Weddle. Rams, who are still on the current roster from this matchup, not a lot of them. And this is based on, I, I, I could have gone deeper into the rosters. This is just guys who appeared on the stat sheet. So actually guys who participated in this game and actually did stuff in this game. So we have Johnny Hecker, Greg Zerline, Aaron Donald, and Mark Barron for the for the Rams. And on the Chargers side, Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Antonio Gates, Melvin Ingram, and Corey Legit. Uh, but that does it for the game. If I had to give a prediction... I'm going to wait until Sunday. Make sure you guys uh, tune in to the, the Ram Showcase pregame live. I will be doing that uh, probably, if I had to guess, it would be about noon LA time that I will be getting that going. And I'm, I'm so excited for this game. There's, there's so many reasons to be excited about this game, even if you're not Sheriff Joe Bags, because, of course, it's the first official battle of Los Angeles. The, the Rams get a chance to prove that they are the team in Los Angeles which I don't think that there's really a battle for Los Angeles, but for the Chargers' sake of existing, then we have to say that it's a battle. So it's a battle. And also, personally, my father is a big Chargers fan, and this is going to be an exciting game. And we, we were actually talking about it the other day, uh, because I because of my plans to move to California, uh, this could be, he, he, he was the one that said it, this could be the final time that me and my dad watched the Rams versus the Chargers game together. And it's kind of a bummer, but you know what? That means that the Rams just have to beat the crap out of the Chargers so that I can hang on to that for the rest of my life. But hopefully it's not the last time we watch the game together. Uh, but also, make sure you guys, uh, on those on the, the pregame live on the Rams Showcase Facebook page, uh, so make sure you guys go give that page a like. Make sure you're getting notifications on this. Uh, I will be giving away a Todd Gurley rookie card. Uh, which will be pretty cool. I did pick up some new stuff, so I do have some some more awesome giveaways to do. Uh, but this week is the uh, Todd Gurley card. And I'm doing Todd Gurley mainly because it's Todd Gurley versus Melvin Gordon. And those are the two, the only two uh, running backs that were drafted in that class. So uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into our break. And on the other side, we've got a whole bunch of fan quesos. So don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk. 
Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all of the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. Welcome back, Rams fans. This is Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can also follow myself. That's at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. It's pretty cool stuff there. You can go get uh, go get yourself one of those cell phone wallpapers that I edited and shared on the on the Sheriff Joe Bags Facebook page. You guys can check those out. Uh, pretty cool. I think they're awesome. I, I I got really awesome feedback from them, so people seem to like them, and I think you will too. They are schedule ones, and they are schedule ones, and they do have different players on them. If you guys have a player that maybe you guys would like to see on uh, on one of those backgrounds, just like like the ones that are already there, then definitely let me know, and uh, I'll get that done for you, and I'll, I'll send it to you in a message or something. Let's go ahead and hop into these fan cases. We do have a decent amount of them. I might go over. We'll see what happens. Might go uh, the hour. I, and and that's also not very strict. Um, we don't... But first of all, I run this. So I can, I can do whatever I want because I said it's okay. Let's go ahead and uh, start, though. This first one comes from John. Are there any current NFL head coaches you'd rather have leading the Rams other than Sean McVay? And, you know, John, I actually thought about this question for, for a little bit and... I kept on thinking about the, some of the different coaches and, and what they're doing, and the answer is no. I think Sean McVay is the perfect coach for the Rams. You know, the Rams are no longer the youngest team in the NFL, but uh, that was kind of the initial thing was like, oh, well, he's young, they're young, it'll work out kind of thing. That didn't necessarily happen anymore just because the Rams did bring in so many veterans and, you know, with Tlaib and Sue and Whitworth and Sullivan, it just really drives that average up, but... Aside from all that, I think Sean McVay just knows what he's doing, and I think he's doing an awesome job. I wouldn't rat. I wouldn't want any other coach that's currently in the NFL over Sean McVay. 
and that's not just me being a Rams homer, uh, you know, because I did, I did think about this for quite some time of, you know, who else would I, would I accept? And that's what it became is who else would I accept, not who else would I want over Sean McVay. Next one here also from John, knowing what we currently know, who would you select first between Goff and Wentz in the 2000, if the, if the 2016 draft was held again? This is a great question. And I, I am going to be honest here with you, John. There is no wrong answer. If you decide you want Goff or if you decide you want Wentz, both have shown they can get it done in this league. What I'm going to do though is basically give you another homer pick, I guess. And I'm going to say Jared Goff. I wanted Jared Goff from the very beginning. I was not on the Wentz train. He's actually outperformed what I expected him to do. And that's good for him. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not mad at that, but I was a big fan of Goff. I wanted Goff coming in. And the reason that I would stick with Goff is simply because of the injury history. And that is Carson Wentz, of course, wasn't able to participate in his team's, in his team's Super Bowl run. Of course, Mark Barron was really the culprit of tearing uh, Carson Wentz's ACL, but that may be a, a different topic. But uh, Jared Goff, I would go with him simply because of his health over, uh, over the last couple years. Uh, these next few come from Adrian. Adrian wants to know, just like how Jamon Brown isn't, uh, isn't guaranteed a starting spot again, should Pharaoh Cooper worry as well if Jojo Natson continues to play well? Jojo Natson absolutely did an awesome job. His longest return was 60 and had me jumping. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was just yelling. I was yelling Jojo and all this stuff. I was going a little bit crazy. Okay. But. The reason that these situations are different to me is Jamon Brown got suspended, whereas Pharaoh Cooper got hurt. And I think that those are very different situations. So from a coaching standpoint, if I was the head coach, I would be more willing to let the guy who's performing well at the time stay in that spot if the player he was replacing was suspended than if the player he's replacing was hurt. And that's just, that's a uh, kind of like a, just a personal preference I don't know if the coaches feel this way, but I'm starting really what it's sounding like is uh, these coaches aren't going to, they aren't going to start somebody who comes back from an injury or comes back from a, from a suspension just because what they're going to do is they're just going to go with a hot hand. If Jojo Nansen, by the time Farrow Cooper comes back, is still performing really well, then I think that that would be a big factor and that Jojo Nansen would likely uh, retain that role. It also helps, I'll add this too, is uh, it also helps that uh, the Rams don't have to rush Pharaoh Cooper back because we have a guy who can get it done. Next question here, are you going to be watching the game with your dad this Sunday? Absolutely, I'm going to be watching the game with my dad. He's got to trade his shift at work because he's supposed to close and go in at 2 o'clock. That's Colorado time, and the game kicks off at 2.05 Colorado time, so that wouldn't be very cool, but he said it's likely to happen He's not really concerned about it. So, so yes, I will be uh, watching with my dad. Unfortunately, though, I, it doesn't look like I'll be going to pick him up or anything. And he's probably going to meet me there. So we won't likely get that uh, Sheriff Joe Bags and Father Facebook Live pregame show. Uh, next question here. Which player that we signed via free agency or traded for has made the biggest impact so far? Uh, I'm going to go with Marcus Peters. So Sue, I think, is drawing attention, and uh, along with Aaron Donald, 
and teams are trying everything they possibly can to not let this Rams D-line wreck their game. And so far, they're doing a fine job. But bonus, we get to play the Seahawks this year, and their offensive line is absolutely atrocious. I don't want to say it's Giants bad, but it's really bad. So, so from that standpoint, I would say that Marcus Peters is the biggest addition for the Rams uh, is, as far as the, the free agent pickup pickups go. I don't even think that Sam Bradford threw on Marcus Peters this, uh, this week when the Rams played against uh, the Cardinals. I don't even think he threw on him. Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib have only given up 37 yards all year. And I say all year, like that sounds crazy. It's been two games. That's still pretty crazy, okay? That's like a whole... There's been single players who are listed as elite players who have given up more yards than that by themselves. So pretty awesome stuff. Uh, But I would say Marcus Peters has had the biggest impact because if he's not... If he's not being targeted, he's intercepting the ball. So that's pretty fun stuff there. Uh, can we start a petition that Johnny Hecker has to dab after a great punt or a completed pass? Absolutely, we need to start this. And I'm, I'm going to try to maybe start a hashtag or something. Johnny Hecker needs to dab a lot more. That hashtag's a little wordy, but maybe we can uh, we, we can shorten that a little bit. Like, like heck dab or i don't i don't know you'll you, you guys are clearly gonna have to think about this one because i do not have an answer for that but yes we can start a petition because i think uh johnny hecker dabbing is the coolest thing ever if he would have kicked that field goal and dabbed afterwards uh, that would have been the greatest thing that would that would have like fought for that marcus peters week one touchdown for favorite play of the year i have like a favorite play of each game but that would have been my favorite play. My favorite play of this game was the Sam Shields interception because it's so hard to not be so stoked for that kid. All right, and next up here, how do you think the Rams' offensive line will hold up against the Chargers' defensive line with or without Bosa? Of course, they will be without Joey Bosa, uh, but I think this offensive line is going to do a fine job. I think that this could be listed as the most talented defensive lines the Rams will have played against this year. Uh, so far, but uh, of course, that's only three games. Uh, but I think this offensive line is going to do fine. It's still early in the season. They still got their groove, and I'm really, I'm not concerned about it. I'm not concerned about the Chargers defensive line and what they'll do to this Rams offensive line, like from that standpoint. So uh, I, I wouldn't say that there's cause for too much concern, but I would say the the real concern if in this game, if we're going to look at it that way, uh, is this Chargers passing attack? I think the, they have a they have a lot of weapons. They have a very good quarterback. So let's see what these corners can do. That's uh, I'm pretty excited about it actually. Uh, next one here. I know you don't care for power rankings, but how do you feel about the that the Rams are number one? I mean, that feels good. It's always cool to see that your team is getting that respect, uh, and that the the national national media is saying that this is the best team in in football. That's that all obviously feels really good, but. You know, I, I, you like you said, I don't really care for for power rankings. I think they're pointless. I don't understand how just somebody can just some dude can just pick who the best teams are. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird to me uh, that people take it overly serious and people get into arguments about this. Like, how is this team ahead of this team? This is ridiculous. This is such a joke. Just relax, man. Just relax. The real numbers that matter are the standings, and that's what I try to pay attention to. Uh, next one here from Aaron, last one here, or from Adrian, sorry, uh, is, uh, do you think that McVeigh will 
have the offense go for it on fourth down and two-point conversions more often since they played aggressive after Zoom line went down? Or was this him just taking advantage of a bad Cardinals defense? I think that this really was just, uh, you know, Zerline's down. Let's just go ahead and, and go for two. It was a situation against a team that you're like, okay, if we, if we don't get the one extra point or the two point conversion is not going to kill us. And I mean, that was true. I mean, Todd Gurley scored the game winning points on his, on the Rams first touchdown of the game. And of course they went for two. So, but Todd Gurley did that. Uh, point one point wins the game in, in that situation. Of course, you can't just score one point by itself in the NFL. You'd have to get to two, but. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that overall it was it was one of those like, well, our kicker's out. We're not playing against a a good team. Let's see what we can do. Let's go. Let's let's get some of these in. And the Rams were what three of three, I believe, something like that. So, I mean, the Rams did did it. Uh, but also, it was nice. It was comforting to know that Johnny Hecker, when needed, could kick. But now that the Rams have Ficken, I don't think that that's going to be necessarily a regular thing that the Rams are going for it on fourth down all the time. They're not going to pull like a like a weird Steelers situation where they just go for it all the time. Uh, next question here. The next two come from Paul. Paul wants to know, has it hit you yet that people are expecting the Rams to win the Super Bowl? Uh, no, not yet, actually. It really hasn't hit me. I know I've been a little bit more aggressive in my fandom, uh, especially to fans that are not of the Rams, you know, umbrella. So I don't know, maybe it has hit me and I just haven't accepted it yet, but you know what? I'm not as as much as I'm not really taking it game by game because I don't care about that. Uh, I'm just a fan of this this team. I, I'm I'm in a weird spot with that. I'm I'm not counting my uh, chickens before they hatch. I guess you could say. So yeah, I mean I'm hearing it. I'm seeing it. Of course we're hearing it and seeing it. I'm talking about it literally. And you know we'll see what happens. But to uh, to put it this way, a lot of people are saying Super Bowl or bust for the Rams. I'm not feeling that way in particular. Uh, basically, the way that I'm feeling is if the Rams can get to maybe the NFC Championship game, then then I'm happy. That's progress. The Rams got knocked out in the wild card round last year. So anything further than that, to me, is progress. And I think that's good. That's a good thing. Progress is good. Unless it's negative progress. You don't want that. But the Rams are doing the right things right now. And, you know, could they go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. Could they win it? Yeah, probably. They're, they're a really good team. But that's also months from now, and who's to say with injuries around the league, not just on this team, uh, what could change? Paul's next question here, has the egos of the Rams team, Marcus Peters, Sue, Tlaib, etc., been a storyline, been at all a storyline so far this season? No, not in the least. Uh, that actually hasn't been a factor. The only people talking about the, this ego problem and this whole locker room situation with all these big personalities and Peters and Sue and Tlaib are people outside of the Rams. That's honestly, that's, I mean, that's the truth. Nobody in the Rams is talking about how this is an issue or is a concern or anything. This is just, it's a non-story from the Rams perspective. This next one here comes from Philip. I just want to hear what you think about Hodge moving up. You know, I, I'm not overly, uh, I'm not disappointed by the move. I think Hodge has, has done enough to prove that he can be on a 53-man roster in the NFL. Uh, but just kind of like I mentioned earlier, I just don't think that, I don't think he's going to really get used. So I guess I don't necessarily see the point. I think he's going to be inactive this week. And I, 
even if he does become active in one of these next couple games or so, I still don't expect to see a lot of him on the field. And that's not, you know, saying that Hodge isn't a good receiver, that he can't get it done. I just think that's the way it is. I think that the Rams, Rams aren't even using Josh Reynolds, who has shown he can get it done. Uh, and instead, you know, they're just going with the top three. So I, I just don't think it's it's really a big factor. Next one here from Philip. Where do you think Cooks will end up on the receiving leaders ranking? Also, thoughts on Gurley's chance at MVP this year? Kind of looking like Goff will be the man this year, throwing a lot more and and much more accurate over 300 on Arizona, over 350 on Arizona. Philip, get it right. So Cooks, I think that uh, I think that Cooks is gonna end somewhere in the top 10. I, I don't know exactly where. I think he's sitting at four right now. I do, I do believe he had more receiving yards than anybody in week two. I could be mistaken on that, but I do believe that's true. Uh, but I think he'll, I think he can end top 10. And it's kind of weird right now because this normally I would answer this question by saying, well, we don't know. He's, you know, the Rams have a lot of targets and all this stuff. But I really, the way that, that this season already is going, just what is this 12% of the way through that we're, that we're into the season right now? Uh, it's looking like, like Goff is becoming more comfortable with Cooks, and you know I th- he could absolutely end in the top five. But yeah, like I said, normally my answer would be we don't know because I mean he's going to have some slow games and all this stuff. He's going to kind of be up and down, but I don't feel that way. That's normally that's like my default answer, but I don't feel that way. I think that Cooks is going to keep getting better as the season goes on, based on what we've already seen. And the girlish chances on MVP it looks like Goff is kind of the man this year. I agree with that. I think that. that Right now, if the Rams had to, you know, put somebody up for MVP, I know that's not how it works, but if the Rams had to do that, then I would say Jared Goff is probably closer to the top than Todd Gurley. Not to say Todd Gurley's playing bad, because he's not. Not a lot of Rams players are playing bad, so it's, it's kind of difficult to to pinpoint anybody that's that's really not playing super awesome. But I also do expect that you know Gurley's gonna have those games where I mean he's had two great games already. But he's going to have those games where he rushes for like 160 yards. I, that's just going to happen in like three touchdowns. So I don't know. I would say this one is too early to tell. But Jared Goff, I mean, he's looking awesome. He, he's really not making a lot of mistakes. That that interception to uh, to Patrick Peterson was the the Rams only their, their only giveaway this season so far. So I mean, looking pretty solid. And that one, I they because they were inside like the five yard line. And then the Rams just forced a punt, so it was basically a non-factor. Uh, Philip also wants to know, uh, also, what are your thoughts about Barron missing three weeks in a row, maybe, maybe move to IR? Um, no, Philip, no, absolutely not to IR because I want to see Mark Barron on the field. And maybe I'm being selfish. Uh, I know I'm being a little bit selfish there. I love Mark Barron, and I want to see him play football. Uh, but I do think he is getting a little closer uh, based on the comments made by Sean McVay. So originally the comments are, you know, he's not ready. He's he's still not feeling good. This one was, he's probably not going to play. That's progress, all right? <laughs> it's progress in my eyes. So I think he is going to come back, but I don't think his injury is bad enough to get put on IR because there are times, Sean McVay explained, there are times when he's feeling fine for weeks at a time and then out of nowhere he'll wake up and it's not feeling good. Next one here from Philip. Uh, I want to know what you think. What you think for Baron? His injury didn't sound serious week one, but it's dragging along. So yeah, probably should have just answered this question with that other one. But uh, yeah, it's kind of just one of those things where it's just not good enough yet. 
And that's really what the problem is. Baron is a tough dude who's played through injuries before, but it's just not quite there. So I do think we'll see him pretty soon. Uh, I also do think that this might be keep holding him out now and bring him back for the Minnesota game on Thursday night next week. We'll see. We will see. And that's kind of my theory on John Kelly as well, that they're keeping him inactive and want to kind of unleash him in a sense against the, the Vikings. Eric wants to know, do you believe this Baron, this is Baron's last year with the Rams? Uh, you know, I'm kind of undecided on that. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I really haven't started thinking that far out. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about what this team could do this year, but I really haven't gotten to the point of uh, analyzing the roster and who might not return. That's more of, it's typically like off-season topics and stuff, but as far as your question, uh, because you asked it uh, here in week three, I'll answer it. I don't think that this is Barron's last year uh, as the as a Ram because I think that he's a solid player, and I don't think the Rams necessarily need to move on from him. He also did recently, very recently, take a pay cut. Uh, this one comes from Steve. Chargers O-line is uh, ranked one of the worst in the NFL by pro football focus. Is this the week Sue, Donald, and Brockers feast? Uh, it very, very well could be, but I'm still looking at those Seattle games. I'm still looking ahead to those saying, oh man, like this is going to be awesome. So I don't know, man. It's uh, They have the potential, no matter who the offensive line is, to feast. And the fact that the the Chargers don't exactly have a super awesome offensive line is all the more reason to think that this could be a very strong week for them. But also, I'll go into your next question here because that's what I was going to kind of go into. Uh, Steve asks, uh, will they dink and dunk on us all day or will Rivers be forcing it downfield? They're going to dink and dunk it all day. That is what worked in the first half for the Oakland Raiders and something that the Cardinals just didn't try to do. But because of this this defensive line and because of the secondary that the Rams have, mainly Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib, all those guys, they like to play off. They don't like to play press coverage. So it is kind of, I don't, I don't want to say easy, but it is easier to kind of just dink and dunk around the field and and let them have to come tackle you. And especially though, I mean, the Chargers have some very talented wide receivers, so they're going to take their shots, but those are going to be set up by the run and on play action. Next one from Steve. Uh, will you be watching watching it with your old man? He's a Chargers fan, right? Uh, has there ever been an argument when the, the two played? Actually, you know what? Uh, me and my dad, as passionate of fans as we are of our teams, have actually, we've not really gotten into it during uh, a Rams Chargers game, but I will absolutely be watching it with him. I, I posted some pictures uh, from from previous times we watched the, the Rams and Chargers, and, and also just times we've been hanging out wearing our gear and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I posted that on my personal Facebook. If if we're friends, you guys have seen it. If we're not friends, you can add me. That's cool. You can go check out some pictures and stuff and see me and my dad. You can talk some trash. I'm sure he'll be fine with that. So <laughs> uh, he's he's pretty a uh, pretty good guy. So. He can take a joke. He'll, he'll dish it back, but he can take it also, so that's good. Uh, let me see here. Next one from Steve. How awesome is 2-0? NFC West leader, LA Rams. So this is really cool, and I'm trying to find a statistic on this, and I, I don't even know if it's available anywhere uh, or what I would have to research to find this, but the Rams have held first place in the NFC West since before they played a game. And the way that the NFC West is playing right now, they may never, they may not 
not hold first place throughout this season. I mean, that's just being real. The The Cardinals are atrocious. The Seahawks do not look very good. I would say the Cardinals are worse right now. And the 49ers are still kind of up in the air. And Jimmy G doesn't look amazing. He doesn't look like Jesus, which everybody expected. Uh, not us Rams fans, but, but a lot of people expected him to be Jesus coming in. And that just wasn't the case. Surprise, surprise. And so, uh, yeah, it feels pretty good, man. Feels really good. Oh, I love being in first place. Isn't it so much more fun to win? I mean, I'm going to watch the Rams games no matter like how good they are or how bad they suck. I'm going to watch them. Going to love it. Going to wear stuff. Going to like have my jersey on. Going to have my gear on all off season still. Doesn't matter to me. But it's just a little bit more fun to win for sure. Ben wants to know, will the Rams new stadium have grass or artificial turf? Hope it's grass. So Ben, uh, according to my knowledge... And uh, this, I mean, the, the stadium's still like two years out, so uh, this could all change. But according to what I know now and what I have known is that the the Rams' new stadium will be grass. I'm not 100% on that. I would say I'm closer to like 87% on that uh, just because there is the roof and all that stuff. So to put it like in the most realistic answer, I don't know. Uh, but I will say that I do believe that the stadium will be on, uh, that the field will be grass, which I agree with you. Hope it's grass. I, that, that's way better. Uh, let's see here. Next one from Steve. After our three home games, we have three away games, but they're all pretty close to California. Do you think the traveling will affect them at all? Um, I mean, not really. I think that even traveling far and far meaning like to the East Coast I don't think it really affects much of anything because, you know, you you have these players who are used to this. Even college players, uh, so you can look at rookies and stuff, they're used to traveling and stuff. I don't think that the travel's a big a deal as people think it is. I think it's just where you're playing. Uh, I don't think, like, traveling to to New Jersey to play the Jets, I don't think that that aspect of it makes the Rams play worse or anything. I just think that... If that's a hard place to play, it's a hard place to play. If it's not, it's not kind of thing. So I don't think it will. It is really close, though. I mean, one of those games in Denver, uh, not going far. The Rams are not going far uh, at all, really, this year. I think they're the third least traveled team this season. So not a lot of distance to go. And that it does factor in with that uh, no longer having to go to London. That will, the, Our international game is in Mexico. So that'll be pretty cool. And if any of you guys are going to the Denver game, Please let me know because let's meet up. I'm be tailgating, gonna be drinking beers, and I'm bringing the grill with me. It's gonna be a good time for sure. Uh, Tyler wants to know: Will Hodge make an impact? Uh, I don't think so, and uh, it's not because I don't think he can. I just don't think he will be used. If Josh Reynolds isn't getting used, I see no reason uh, that the Rams would use Kaderil Hodge over uh, over Josh Reynolds. Joel wants to know, uh, do you think we continue going for going for two with the success we had Sunday? I mean, in the right situations. And I think that this really, what it does is it shows the coaches like, okay, if we need to go for two, we can do this. It's not a big deal. We can go, we can get two yards, you know, which is cool. I mean, you should be able to get two yards, but I mean, it's a tighter area, stuff like that. So when you're passing, it's really difficult, but Rams did an awesome job on two point conversions. And now going forward into the future, uh, I'm not overly concerned about it, and if we need to, I I feel pretty good about that and, and pretty good about the decisions made, but I don't think that we're necessarily going to go for it just at random when we don't really need to. 
just because we had success with it. Jason's question is, who truly has the advantage? Oh, the, uh, my fan case has went away for me one second here. So who has the advantage in the, I'm still trying to find it here, uh, in the, the first battle of Los Angeles? And let me see. Okay, this is a real wording of the question. Who truly has the advantage in the first battle of LA NFL edition? So uh, I would say the Rams do. Uh, for a couple reasons. They are the home team, which, I mean, it's not a lot of travel for the Chargers, but the Rams are the home team, get to play in the Coliseum, which is a place that they're comfortable playing. Uh, so that's good. But at the same time, you know, the Rams haven't played that well at home, historically speaking. And that means, historically speaking, I mean, since they've returned to LA, the, this last week's game was only the fifth game that the Rams have won at the Coliseum since returning uh, to Los Angeles. So uh, I would say, though, I mean, roster-wise, coach-wise, and just scheme-wise, and sheer awesomeness-wise, I mean, the Rams clearly have the advantage, and the Rams should come away with a win this week. Absolutely. Uh, Kelsey wants to know, is resigning Joyner out of the question? He's my favorite Ram. He replaced Cortland Finnegan, the heart and soul of the defense. I loved Cortland Finnegan. I have a Cortland Finnegan Rams jersey in my closet right now. I'm a huge fan of Cortland Finnegan. Uh, Joyner is one of those guys who is absolutely awesome. I am not sure if Joyner resigning is out of the question or not, mainly because I'm not sure if, uh, what, how the Rams feel about what he would ask for as far as money goes, which would probably be around 11 million. That's, that's about the market for an awesome safety, uh, just because safeties are out there. There's a lot of safeties. There's a lot of really good safeties out there. Every year there's awesome safety free agents that you can pick up. But also, the Rams have this guy named Marquis Christian, who's been doing an awesome job. I think he's been doing fine. So uh, if the Rams feel confident moving to Marquis Christian and kind of saving some money, then I think the Joiner could be out. But I would like to see Joiner continue to stay a Ram. That'd be definitely more fun. Uh, Ian wants to know, are the Rams the class of the NFC, or are they still behind Philly, regardless of record? And how t- close are the two teams? I mean, right now it's been it's been two two games since the the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, and I think that that's important. And so, for for this question and in this regard, I will say that right now the class of the NFC is still the Philadelphia Eagles. You cannot crown the Rams uh, based on two regular season games, and I, I will stand by that until I'm blue in the face. Uh, I would say that Philly, despite kind of what happened last week and not really playing overly awesome in week one against the Falcons, I would say that they are still the class of the NFC, and especially now they get Wentz back. So we're going to get to see what Wentz does in his return to the field, which is going to be really interesting for sure. So I would not put the Rams ahead of the Eagles as far as the class of the NFC yet. Right now, I would say the the Rams are a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles, but as far as, you know, just putting them full on above the Eagles right now, I mean, the, the Eagles are still the defending champs. So I think you got to give them that respect. Uh, Thomas wants to know, are the Raiders and Cardinals that bad or the Rams that good? I think it's a combination of both, actually. I think that the, the Rams are obviously a, a pretty solid team. Uh, the Raiders are not that awesome. They lost to the Broncos, uh, who are also not that awesome. They won. They lost that game by one point. Uh, the Cardinals are bad. And I'm not necessarily like super overly excited that the Rams beat the the Cardinals uh, 34 to nothing because the Cardinals have scored six points this year so far. They are the worst offense in the league 
and the worst scoring offense in the league, obviously. No one scored less than six points. So, I mean, if they did, that'd be pretty, pretty rough. But six points in two games, no, I, I do, I think that the Cardinals are absolutely bad. So, I mean, of course, every NFL team from top to bottom, you look at the best NFL team and the worst NFL team, those are still pretty close as far as football teams go. Cause I mean, you go to college and you look at Bama playing every team they've played so far this season. And of course, they're going to beat the crap out of them. That's a, that's a big difference in as far as like talent and coaching and in players. Just just the the talent itself. I already said talent, I guess. So, uh, but there's a big difference. And in the NFL, that window is much much smaller. Um, so I mean, both <laughs> Rams are pretty good, but those teams suck. Boom. Uh, James wants to know: Goff improved this past week from an up and down week one performance. Do you expect this trend to continue? What does he need to improve? So, uh, yeah, James, so he did look a much better in week two, just a little bit more calm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of preseason reps. Um, once you have another team coming at you, who's allowed to hit you, I mean, not hard because of the NFL rules, but they're allowed to hit you. They're allowed to, you know, rip that ball out. They're allowed to do some stuff. Uh, I think that that caused a little bit of, uh, not necessarily jitters, but, I, I, you can see that he calmed down. I do expect him to that can to continue, especially if this offensive line keeps him upright. The offensive line has been doing an awesome job of not letting people get to Goff. And the more confident he feels back there that he doesn't need to pay attention to the rush and can only look at his wide receivers, the better he's going to be, for sure. What does he need to improve? Sometimes he just needs to get the ball out of his hand. He took a sack last week that he should have just thrown the ball out of bounds and thrown it away. But then it became second and 13 because he took that sack. It looked like he was going to run, looked like he was going to throw, then he just took the sack. So he needs to get get the ball out of his hands. But that's also something that he would tell you. If you ask Jared Goff, what do you need to improve on? He will say, I need to get the ball out of my hands a little faster, especially when those plays break down. I mean, throwing the ball out of bounds and just throwing it away is not necessarily a bad thing in all situations. <laughs> of course, if it's fourth down, don't do that. Uh, Thomas wants to know, Jamon Brown start this week. Blythe has outplayed him. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I was going to say absolutely he's outplayed him, but Jamon Brown hasn't played yet. <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely I've outplayed. Well, not I have not outplayed Jamon Brown. Me and Jamon Brown have the same exact stats. So that feels pretty good, I guess. But uh, Blythe has been doing awesome, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that Blythe is going to go ahead and start this game, if I had to guess. So uh, take that one <laughs> to the bank. Cash it. It won't bounce. Uh, next one here from Thomas. What do you think about the play of our linebackers? Bunch of non-starters from a year ago. You know what? The, these linebackers are not playing poorly. They aren't loaded with stars. They aren't loaded with, you know, first round talent all over the place, but they're doing their job and doing it decent. Uh, the Rams do not have an elite edge rusher, but that kind of, it, it's kind of supplemented by the fact that the Rams can create interior pressure. And so you can't just, you know, block the edge and, and have a running back help on the edge because the running back's helping for Aaron Donald and, and Adama and Sue and Michael Brockers. So um, I think that the linebackers are doing an awesome job, especially for their situation. You know, a lot of pretty inexperienced guys are in the game right now for the Rams at the, at the linebacker spot. So I would say they're doing fine. Uh, next one here from Thomas is John Johnson, uh, third in the best five of the Whoa, hold on. I totally butchered that one. Sorry, Thomas. Is John Johnson one of the top five safeties in the NFL? That one, ooh, that's a good question. John Johnson is extremely talented, and I would put right now, I might even put him ahead of Joyner. Joyner I really like. I like his play style and everything, 
but I might put John Johnson over Joyner. In Joyner, I'd probably put in the top 10. So, I mean, possibly he could definitely be top five guy. I mean, he's extremely talented, and I know a lot of teams would love to have John Johnson. Of course, the safety market is uh, loaded, to say the least. There's safeties everywhere. It seems like every team has at least one really sick safety. Harrison Smith is the best, though. Uh, Next one here from Thomas. Better yet, do the Rams have the best combo safeties in the NFL? Those two can flat out play. Solid question. I might say yes on that one. But also, I might say that the Rams have the best cornerback tandem. Also, they might have the best starting defensive line. They maybe have the the top receiving core. Maybe the best offensive line. Maybe the best running back group, especially when John Kelly plays. I don't know, man. This Rams team is damn good, and I'm just having a lot of fun. I'm just uh, kind of drinking it in. I'm not. I'm trying not to go uh, too nuts here. I'm. I'm trying to just live in the moment, though, and just kind of accept it for what it is. Because we've all seen how bad this Rams team can be under the wrong leadership and uh, with bad drafting and all that stuff. But they're looking really strong right now, so I'm just trying to take advantage of that. Uh, but do they have the best uh, combo safeties in the NFL? The safety tandem. You know what? I don't know. There's some really good safety tandems out there. I'm going to say that they're they're definitely top three, though. Top three safety tandems in the NFL. Los Angeles Rams. And MJ. MJ. He says, sorry, Joe. I got nothing this week. What a disappointing question. First of all, that's not a question, MJ. Second of all, how dare you? How dare you come onto my podcast and you just nothing? I'm going to ask you a question, MJ. Where do you get off? <laughs> so, oh, yeah, MJ, um, also uh, Texas A&M and Georgia play next year. So going to be awesome. Going to have some trash talk for you for sure. And also, MJ, and anybody else that's listening, this isn't just MJ time, but um, I think Georgia's going to win the national championship. Shh. That's all. That's all. All right, that is going to do it for me, though. Uh, I am... Sheriff Joe Bags, this is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. Make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can also follow myself at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Pretty simple to remember. Make sure you guys do that. I do have some pretty awesome stuff on the Sheriff Joe Bags Facebook page as far as cell phone backgrounds. Just go into the pictures on that page and check those out there Ram Showcase Facebook page is where you're going to stay as wicked up to date as Sheriff Joe Bags on Rams news that's relevant I don't want to give you guys everything don't do that can't tell you guys like how many times Mark Barron woke up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water can't do all that stuff but, but relevant news is, is the key there is no BS on RS Nice little, nice little tagline. I like that. I like it. Uh, but that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags, Ram Showcase Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys have a great night. Enjoy the first Battle of Los Angeles. What's 
so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.